Friday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and welcome to Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. We are live wherever you get your social media or your podcasting content, and the show is dynamic, where we encourage you, the viewer and listener, to shape the discussion and ask us questions. That's what we love to do on this network. Keith Smith and his family in St. Martin through next week getting some R&R. Woody Fincham and Candace are in the house, however, and I think this program is going to be absolutely a rock star performance over the next hour and change. Judah's the director. If we can go to the studio camera in the three shot, and let's welcome personalities that are known commodities in the Central Virginia market. Ladies first, Candace, good Friday to you. How has the week been treating you? Good Friday to you as well. Um, it, great week so far. Um, kids, school, homework, all really good things. Um, shout out to Greer, if I may. Please. Um, Principal Sanders, hoorah. You, I mean, every one of the staff knows all the kids. They're, they're so helpful. I love it. The bus driver. I mean, everybody. It takes a village. Yeah, and really I love is. being a part of this village. So thank you um, for, for helping the, the biggest part of my world, my little babies, um, and educate them so I can be out here and help educate you guys on my favorite topic, which is real estate. I and love it. Valuations and with my favorite people. So thank you for letting me be here today. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Stephanie Wells Rhodes giving us some props. She says good morning and happy Friday to everyone from the Interstate Service Company family. Interstate is a home's best friend and a trusted partner of the real estate community. Here's another trusted partner of the real estate community, and it's Woody Fincham of Fincham & Associates. My friend, how has the week been for you? We've been very busy. We're uh, uh, quite a bit of divorce work going on the last couple of weeks, uh, which we uh, I hate to hear any time a marriage is uh, dissolving, but I'm glad that we're able to step in and, and offer good advice to folks on that. And uh, you know, just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. We just finished up some big investor packages that we've been working on, and uh, you know, just study um, VA and uh, our Veterans Administration work coming in for for veteran borrowers, and just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So, got a big white paper we're working on as well that we'll be uh, uh, able to um, to push out here, hopefully in the first quarter. We're at that unique point of the market where if something potentially goes under contract, maybe it has an opportunity to close in 2023, but perhaps most likely is going to fall into the first quarter of next year, unless it's a cash deal. Those can close a bit faster. I'll get out of the way and go to the experts. Um, Woody, how do you characterize the market as we know it right now? The market's still humming along like it has been, I think. Um, I, I think we're seeing seasonality coming back into the mix a bit. Uh, like we were talking about last week on the show, um, meaning that you know days on market are getting a little bit longer. We're starting to see a little bit more participation from uh, sellers with concessions in certain markets, uh, and then uh, you know the active days on market are, are starting to, to tick up. But a lot of that's being—I say it's ticking up—but some of that's because there are some properties that are just over overpriced right now. They're just kind of sitting there. So, uh, but, uh, you know, very healthy market overall, as far as I can, as far as my opinion goes. Dylan's rule on Twitter, giving us some props. Candace, the show is yours on that topic. 
No, I love it. Um, a couple key things. So um, just a little brief history. I just adore this person sitting to the left of me. I don't know on camera if you're to my left, but um, we were in the Pat Jensen Leadership Academy um, this past year, and it was just so wonderful. And Elizabeth Mendenhall, um, she, she, um, we got to see her twice, and she was here this past weekend as well. Um, anyway, long story short, the, um, the identifying the needs and the motivation level, and um, in any time, one of the things that she had said a few times this, this past um, week um, was, was that change is movement. And there are sometimes a need for, for change mm -hmm. and a need for people to literally move um, or relocate. Um, so I think it all boils down to, you know, days on market, price per square foot. When we look at, I love the graphs that Woody came up with in, in, in presenting um, the different charts and things, that, that the motivation level you can see when something is not priced for the condition and location, mm -hmm. then it is going to sit longer. Yep. And no matter what price, it is. If the floor plan doesn't work for somebody, then it's not going to work for them. Um, maybe at a certain price point, you could make it work. Um, so I think that the motivation level is key, and identifying, you know, for my role at least in perspective, being honest and communicative with my clients on on listing their home so it will appraise appropriately, mm -hmm. and, and looking at the comps and the the value market that we have in you know paper tangible form, um, but also talking to people about what is their goal in life. Do you want to go to St. Martin a couple times a year? Well, maybe you want to downsize into a home that's less maintenance and care and you have an HOA fee and you're scared because you've never had an HOA fee and you've never done this or never done that. Well, what is it that your lifestyle is going to produce for you? So let's price your home appropriately so you can sell it maybe less than what in your mind you think you have to have, but what's that three extra months of, of, of happiness and joy and seeing your grandkids and, you know, doing the things that you want to do. How much does that value? So I think valuation really comes into it with um, pricing our homes, but also for me as a realtor, talking to my clients about what the value is and what their future plans are, goals or motivation level mm -hmm. or needs if they do have to move. For sure. Great start to the show. Woody Fincham um, has some knowledge to share with us. Um, I will take a back seat. Professor Fincham, and before I do, Tanya Velas giving you some props, oh, Zeke awesome. Mora, Sandra Hard giving you some props. Um, Judas got slides ready to rock and roll, so we'll we'll adapt to the professor right here. Yeah, I, I prepared a little bit of uh, market data information. I know usually when I'm on with Keith, we we do kind of more of a macro level market at the county level or even regional level. Um, but there's two really big neighborhoods that. Um, uh, transient isn't the right word, but they have a lot of volume over the course of a year. And so one of the ones I, I, I just kind of picked out of the ether to, to talk about a little bit was Spring Creek. Um, and Spring Creek specifically, um, you know, it's the western part of Louisa. It's still very much Charlottesville because uh, Louisa can go into Richmond very quickly and even part of uh, Orange County and Fredericksburg, that, that MSA as well. Gated community. Yep. Right off community. Interstate 64. Yep. By the Walmart and Lowe's. Yep, uh, it's a it's a great little place, uh, a very popular place. But we the market that we're going to just take a little dive into real quickly is the resale market. It's not the new construction market. New construction still going along famously out there. Uh, we're doing a lot of new construction um, lending work out in, in, in that region. Um, I'll just give a shout out to one of my colleagues, Todd Jenkins, over at Gray, Gray Fox Mortgage. He's uh, him and his team are um, uh, doing a lot of the, uh, the 
the lending work over there. But um, Judah, if we could um, use chart one, we'll just put that up on the screen. What we've got in chart one here, everybody, is um, it's basically just an overview of the market. Uh, and I'm assuming that all this will be available on um, Real Talk uh, on the website. Yep. Uh, so you can download and take a look at it as, at, at your leisure. But um, the market's going along pretty healthily out there. Um, you know, if you look at, um, we'll move over to chart two when Judy can get it on. And uh, but it's you know it's it's humming along very good. Uh, if you look there, this is a chart that's showing the price per square foot uh, over the last three years. It's continued to rise, and these each of the bars represent a 90-day period of time. So it's not quarterly, but it is a 90-day period. And prices have continued to go up. Um, even the months when the, it wasn't as high as the previous month, it's still heading in, the, in a positive direction, uh, which is, is pretty much what we're seeing across the region for, mo- for the most part. Um, sales day is on market, you know, definitely are, um, they're starting to tick up, but um, you know, this, this last 90-day period, we saw a pretty big jump for sales, uh, which is indicating the market might be slowing down a little bit, but again that could be seasonality we don't we won't know if it really is seasonality until we get another you know 90 days out but uh maybe even 180 days because hindsight's always 2020 in what we do it's hard to say what's going to happen tomorrow um but what i wanted to really draw attention to um is chart number uh six which is our days on market for actives currently and what this is showing is um that we are definitely seeing an uptick on the days on market. And the interesting thing that goes along with this, and this is getting really hyper nerdy uh, as a real estate analyst and appraiser. Um, (laughs) But if, if, Judith, if we can uh, throw chart seven up, this is, I always watch these two metrics more than anything to see what the market's getting ready to do. The first one was days on market for actives, but then we got our seller contribution percentages. How many sales are occurring or is there an increase in the occurrence of, of seller concessions? And it looks like that's staying pretty strong. Um, I mean, on chart seven is definitely showing us that we're, you know, we're seeing contributions right around the three, uh, two and a half to three percent mark, uh, which is pretty s- typical of the market we were in pre-COVID. You know, COVID, a lot of the concessions just kind of went away because it was a, it's strong seller's market. Still a seller's market. Um, but, Candy, what are you mm-hmm. seeing out there? I mean, you, concessions yeah. are a big thing. It, it is. And, you know, in, in, in any market, especially then, there were not as many seller concessions seen. I think there were a lot of ways that people were able to be creative with their lender. Um, if they did need seller concessions, maybe they were able to increase the price if their, um, you know, approved was was there and in place for that price right. increase. Um, so, you know, I think that there are, you know, also um, the seller taking care of things, you know, doing the well pump, doing the sept- or, or septic pump and, and well testing and, and doing things like that. So I think now, you know, it really has been a buyer's market for a little while, meaning I think that the perception of what a buyer is looking for, if it isn't absolutely perfect, and even when it is, there's not a huge rush um, there's not a feeling of urgency on their behalf, I find. And even like, oh, this is the perfect house. But, 
you know, we'll wait and see what happens in the spring. And, and whereas last, you know, with the bidding wars and all that craziness, there were, it was far more difficult um, because there was still lack of inventory, and that was the reason there were bidding wars, is because there were more buyers than homes to sell. Um, very simple math. It doesn't add up. Um, well, now there are still uh, low inventory um, concerns that we see, but the buyers are also not overly anxious or motivated to put pen to paper. Um, and I think that come the spring, we're going to see an increase in, um, in, in listed active properties. And as I've seen as well, people that are coming off for the holidays, you know, if it's been on the market for a longer, you know, extent of time, you know, let's just wait and come back on in the spring. So I think we are going to see a good increase then, which will ultimately make it a little bit more um, competition for the buyers as well. So if there's a buyer, you know, currently that... Um, is considering, um, you know, I would say if that property fits most all those boxes, go ahead because we have comps to value it. Sellers are usually pretty motivated in offering those concessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, making sure that your realtor um, knows and, and, and puts together the appropriate um, contingencies along those lines, you know, what types of inspections you want to hold and what those time frames are. Um, making sure that um, I haven't seen a lot of early occupancy, you know, where somebody needs to move in ahead of time. Um, financing has been pretty quick and convenient. Appraisals are not taking a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, we look back through the years ago, okay, what was happening? Oh, yeah, I remember when that problem. Um, one of the things, too, Stephanie, shout out to you guys and Robbie. Oh, my God, what realtor doesn't love Robbie? But, um, you know, whenever we call and we need a well test or a septic test, or, oh, no, they, you know, it was a certain type of loan that we switched to, and now we need extra testing done. You know, these things are common for for a realtor. You know, this is something, um, like I tell my clients, I've done this, you know, hundreds of times. Um, these are things that we can kind of expect along the way. And having a good um, connection with our colleagues and our, our affiliates is definitely the way we can do that to make sure that, you know, that our buyers and our sellers are getting the best of what we're telling them we're here to do. <laughs> You know, you make me tired just listening to that you. That was fantastic. Ah! That was great. <laughs> you know, I, I had my real estate license for all of two years to sell when I was still living in Hampton Roads. And um, you're a good example of why I can't do it. Um, it's just I'm, I like numbers. I like looking at the data. I like all of that. But uh, listening to you, it sounds like you're doing 12 things at any given time. And I'm not, I can multitask, but I can't do that. That's. (laughs) Well, you, and you're, you know, again, that's the thing of, you know, we're, we're usually, you know, again, and that's what with all of the, you know, I love the positivity of getting back to the ground zero and our local associations, it was, is what I can speak on behalf of. Mm -hmm. Um, And here we have such a connection with our community and with all of the people that, you know, again, and when somebody is selling their home, we rely on HVAC technicians and plumbers and electricians. You know, we rely on so many people to get the word out mm-hmm. and spread. It's kind of like, you know, heavens forbid, thankfully, uh, you know, one of our colleagues lost a dog. And because of social media and posting and broadcasting and getting the word out there, the dog was found safe and back home. Um, so, you know, we, I kind of liken that to um, what we do is that we need to be connected and so that we have this network of people when something unexpected comes up and we know it's going to take five extra days to get the test back because it's got to go to Richmond and our clients don't understand, well, why are we now not able to close on time? 
Um, so we rely on, on our colleagues and talking to our appraisers and our lenders, our clients, and making sure that we can, um, our uh, pest control companies, um, to make sure that these things can be done in a timely fashion. And when concessions are needing to be done, we have a, a general concept of what it's going to entail. Oh, we need to shock a well. I have no idea. I'm a bookkeeper. I sit behind a desk and I do papers. And I'm a numbers person. Like, I don't know what shocking a well means. Well, okay, let me, let me tone it down a little, explain it to you. And here's Stephanie. Call her. She's amazing. She'll talk you through it. And they can come out and do it. Um, so, you know, it, again, it's trust. It's communication. Um, and concessions are one of those things. I'm on my soapbox now. Y'all shut I me like up. it. No, keep going. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. No, but that's why we, we need this. And I am not for everybody. Thank God. You know, there are people who are calm and stoic, as Woody says, and, and able to analyze those numbers in a not-so-excitable fashion because um, it all adds up in the end for what is best for our clients and making it a win-win for everybody to get to the finish line. You are fantastic no, and I'm a talk so. show. Um, <laughs> Candace is dropping some bombs right here. So this is coming in on the feed, and viewers and listeners, jump in the mix you guys have probably seen this over the last few days circulating on social media. I've seen this on mortgage brokers' pages, on realtors' pages. For every 1% rate drop, 8 million new buyers enter the market. Spring could be crazy. Again, I'm looking at Jamie's page here yeah. from uh, Brick and Mortar. Uh, I saw this on Scott's page. Yeah. Highlighted a version of this. Rates are dropping. Um, what's the expectation of a potential bonanza or frenzy created by rates dropping. I'm seeing stuff in the low sevens. I heard through the grapevine a certain low product, a loan product in the high sixes. Oh, wow. Thoughts coming uh, with the first quarter. Some folks are saying it's going to be mid sixes. And a lot of folks are saying that we could have that frenzy because there's been this hiatus or people sitting on the sidelines, sidelines to list and sidelines to potentially buy, waiting for some kind of change in rate circumstances. You guys are the pros. I'll get out of your way on this topic. Woody, why don't we start with you on that one? Well, we're starting to trend downwards on the rates. I don't know that they've moved quite a bit enough yet to really you know, get someone really willing to jump in with both feet. Uh, folks that are waiting, I mean, you're moving a few basis points here or there. Um, that's probably not enough for most home uh, uh, consumers to really look at and say, hey, well, let's get back in real strongly. I, it will definitely increase competition, though, particularly moving into the spring market. As history has taught us, spring is always going to be our ramping up market uh, with volume. Um, my big concern with the region more than anything else, and I mention it every time I come on, is you know just attainable housing for folks. Um, the folks that really need to be able to move that are below that, if you can't, if you're not able to, to buy a four four hundred fifty thousand dollar home right now, this is a hard region to buy in. Period. Uh, that and with the investor uh, proliferation we have, I mean, we always have a strong rental market here for single families and duplexes and quad and, and tries and, and quads. And, um, you know, when those properties come on, they get gobbled up immediately, whether it's going to be an owner-occupant or, you know, an investor coming in. So it's a very competitive when you're at that, that price point and below. So um, when it's, it, it's going to open up more above that for sure. But um, I don't know. I just I, I don't see it until we get closer to the 55 6% market. I don't know that we're going to see a whole lot of change. I'll throw this to you. Um, Candace from a mortgage broker, Michael Buchensky of First Heritage Mortgage. He's got multiple comments in the feed. Before I do, I'll highlight Bill McChesney watching the show, 
Katie Pearl watching the program. Tyler Berry, hello, thank you for joining us. Josh Griffith, thank you for joining us. Neil, jump in with questions. Uh, Michael Buchensky, First Heritage Mortgage, watches the program often. Coach B, we've dubbed him. We value his opinion and the service he provides at First Heritage Mortgage. He says, we have a new program alert. 1% down, um, no MI, conventional loan, 620 minimum credit, primary home only, max 350,000 loan amount, 80% AMI for income max. Point is, lenders are coming out with more aggressive programs to help buyers. Mm -hmm. This is great. And he says, Woody and Candace, in 2024, mark this down, low sixes and high fives with the interest rate from First Heritage Mortgage. I hope That's he's right. Awesome. Yeah, so anywhere you want to go on this topic with rates dropping and, and, and your crystal ball and how that's going to impact things. Um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously human beings are um, accustomed to wanting, uh, you know, more bang for their buck, right? Everybody wants more for less. I think that is just an inherent. That's in the American DNA. way. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. um, so looking at things, you know, again, I, you know, I'm like preaching to the choir here, but, you know, condition for the location has to match the price, period. Um, if if the, the, the greater pool of buyer demographic is really interested in a specific thing, um, like, you know, Woody had brought up, you know, identifying less of a, you know, massive scale, but down to a micro scale of Spring Creek and Forest Lakes or taking into consideration, let's say, um, uniform communities that have amenities and standard features, right? So we have a way to price mm -hmm. and identify certain types of things, you know, um, main level living, two-story homes, large yards, smaller yards, pool, tennis courts, sidewalks, you know, what is being put into this community and looking at the value of that. So um, it's really interesting because the low, the median, and the high this on all price points... I'd say across the board. Okay, okay. Let's just say, let's say a community that is of similar status and, you know, over 80 homes in it that have amenity features that make it uniform. Okay, okay. Um, so we have, you know, garages, hardy plank siding or mm -hmm. vinyl siding. Um, we have um, main level living homes or homes with basements in three stories. You know, usually around the area when builders and developers do their thing, it's going to be a, you know, like obviously the city is a little different with interspersed single family dwellings. But looking at Woody's example of going into specific communities that are very similar in size, locate, obviously, size, material, mm -hmm. um, We can queue up that chart if you want it, if you give Judah the number. Oh, for sure. Um, um, yeah, chart uh, one, I guess. And well, I we haven't looked at, at the Forest Lakes data. You want to jump over to that, Judah? We can... Uh, and I didn't mean to interrupt, Candace. No, no. That, that way we can give a visual um, to the viewers and listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, so ultimately, all in all, what I was, you know, kind of... Um, presenting is that although there are a few properties that will be um, motivated seller and they price it really aggressively and sell it quickly and it's a price that is not common to that community and then you have other homes that are on the other spectrum where they are really overbuilt really you know
know, updated and the materials. Like, I, I always, you know, think about, I'm not an appraiser, obviously. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, but looking at the materials, um, you know, if Pearl has come in and, and done a fantastic job, that is a really great selling feature that a seller can present. So, it, you know, making sure that the property is updated to the extent of the price you're seeking, and then the appraisal will come in in value, and the whole community, because they are similar with material and size and year built and all that fun stuff, um, then we have this cohesive growth in that community. And, and typically in those types of communities, we don't have massive outliers. You know, we, we have a low, um, I'm looking at the Spring Creek chart just because I couldn't <laughs> chart one. Um, and I Judah, I told you the wrong number too. It's one. nine, not six. I'm, I'm being a little dyslexic, dyslexic this morning. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking at, you know, 121 sold properties, the low, and this is a Spring Creek chart one, the low is 238, the high was 780. I mean, come on. But the average and the median are within, you know, a very small margin. It's four four eighty five range, which is still pretty ridiculous yeah. <laughs> um, for a you know starter home for anybody. But looking at that, you know, of those hundred twenty plus homes sold. There's a few crazy, there's a few that are opportunistic, but realistically what a buyer's looking for in that range is going to be priced less than 500. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if you're updated enough that um, you're not seeping heat out the windows and the you know, roof is falling over and the chimney's half crooked, you know, if you're not in that condition, um, then you should be really pricing it appropriate for where the, where the, the community is telling you. Now, if you've gone overboard and you've got gold-plated floors throughout, you know, I would call Woody before you list it and see kind of what we're looking at. We do get calls for that quite often. Uh, you know, super adequacy is, a, is an issue that uh, it's, it's common in residential real estate. You know, folks, uh, they watch HGTV, which in my household, my wife watches it whenever she wants. And shout out to my wife, Lori. She's at home watching right now with her, with her dog, Fergus. We love you, Lori. Um, and I just uh, got to know, or I just was introduced through Woody, um, your dog, Fergus. Sounds like an amazing dog, the Australian Shepherd. In fact, little fun fact about the Fincham family, they have three Australian Shepherds, and we two do. of them are sisters from different litters. So yep. he's got a dog pack at the house. Did you know that? Wow, I did not. I did we not have a lot know more that. to talk about. Yeah, I, know. Yeah. I love Australian Shepherds. They're fantastic I dogs. get to meet a lot of dogs, and what I do, as you do as well, because yes. you're always going to people's homes. And uh, uh, I always looked at, uh, this is, I'm getting completely off subject, but um, I used to look at people that were dog people as kind of weird. Uh, and just go, you know, because my, my mom and dad were both farm kids. You okay. know, they grew up on farms, so animals were more utilitarian than... Outside. Know, right, yeah. right, kind of thing. And growing up, all our dogs pretty much stayed outside, uh, which would horrify me now. Um, but uh, me too. <laughs> but uh, now your dog is on your lap. Yeah, yeah. We 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 got our blue, my blue, uh, who's my dog. She's the oldest of the three, and uh, brought her home, and she just latched. On, Australian shepherds latch onto one person. They they love the whole family, but they have their person. And so she latched onto me, and it's like all of a sudden I'm just like one of these weird dog people now, which you know <laughs> makes life a whole lot better actually. So um, I forgot what we were talking about. We were um, talking about uh, gold plated uh, floors, oh, super <laughs> adequacy. Yeah, yeah, that's High what we're talking evaluation. about. So you know, um, we we deal with that quite often, where you know, and a, a potential listing will come up for an agent, and they they get they meet that homeowner who is positive they have the absolute best 
piece of property in a subdivision or neighborhood, and they are you know insistent upon listing it way high. Most real estate professionals have been doing this for a while. Will tell you overlisting is not good because you'll stay on the market longer if and, and if the market conditions aren't perfect for it, and you'll get stigmatized. Mm-hmm. And the longer yeah. you sit, people are going to start going, "Hmm, everything else is selling in a week. You've been on the market for forty-five days. There's something not right here, mm-hmm. and and the, there could be nothing wrong at all. But you know, because it was mispriced." Um, the, the market just starts looking at it in an odd way. So we, it does get somewhat stigmatized. But, you know, uh, we, we see properties all the time where, like, someone will buy a property and two years later they're reselling it. And in the meantime, they had put in a $75,000 pool area. Well, most markets aren't appreciating at that, that level. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if you've done something like that, you may not be able to get a return on your investment um, because you're moving too quickly. The market hasn't caught up with what you've done. Uh, so it, it can become a problem. And we, we like to come in and help in that situation where, you know, because oftentimes it's, it's, uh, it's hilarious to me. I'm no more intelligent at what I do than what Candy does at her job. But, you know, she'll get a hard-headed seller and she'll tell them exactly the same thing I end up telling them. Uh, but I'll bring in all these charts and graphs and, you know, narrative that we do. And, and then they'll go, okay, the appraiser said this, so we'll go with what the appraiser said. And it's, it's literally the same thing that the agents told them. So it's crazy. Uh, well, it, it's, it's accountability crazy. and credibility, yeah. too. And that's why I enjoy being able to work with such professionals that we have here um, is because, you know, who else am I going to, to entrust somebody that I've put my time, energy, and effort into, um, you know, wanting to help through this process um, I can then, you know, hand them to Woody, hand them to, you know, a professional and say, hey, you know, why don't you, without my my voice in the mix, why don't you say what, you know, what information you can present? Um, and that is a really good thing. You know, I, I, I have conversations often um, with people, like you said, you know, well, we did this and we did that and we did the other and it cost this. Are we going to get our money back? Mm-hmm. That's a great question um, in some way. Did you get, a, again, the value yeah. proposition? Quality Did you of life enjoy enhancement. that? Right. Yeah. yeah. For the you know three months you got to enjoy that new wolf oven and the deck and the pool and the, the, all those wonderful things, that's great. And the best part of all is that may be a feature that is super attractive to more buyers out there looking in the market. Right. So maybe you're not going to get, you know, dollar to dollar isn't going to be the same. It's not the same season shell you're passing around. Um, however, somebody looking at your home versus a neighboring home who in the same community, same year built, same size foot, you know, builder, um, floor plan, features, all of that, but then they go, oh, wait a minute, but this one's already done. I don't need to add the debt. Yeah. So even though they're not by dollar, maybe they'll give you asking price at you know what is appropriate versus trying to haggle down because they're going to do that next door if they get that one. And then you got the quality of life enhancement. Yeah, totally. There you go. So you totally. break even on price, but then you have the experience that you can share with your family that is timeless and priceless. Um, comments are coming in fast and furious. I'm going to throw it to you guys and get out of your way. Coach B is closing deals in the comment section right now. Awesome. First Heritage Mortgage is finest. He is a reputable and trusted uh, mortgage guy. Michael Puchensky says, in my humble opinion, every agent in the Carr and Central Virginia region should call every client in their portfolio and let them know about the 1% down program. There has been nothing like this out there in years. 
They now have a tool program to get first-time home buyers and repeat buyers excited again. That's, so that program will work with uh, folks that are not first because usually a program like that is going to be specifically for first-time home buyers. and repeat buyers. Oh, good for that. That's awesome. 1% down, no mortgage insurance, conventional loans, 620 hmm. minimum credit, primary home only, max $350,000 loan amount, 80% AMI for income max. The point is lenders are out there. 1% and, we're, and no PMI. That is crazy. Crazy. That is crazy right there. He's closing deals. Realtor is watching the program. That's on your radar from First Heritage Mortgage and Michael Buchensky. This comment comes in from John, is it Copulus? You might have to help me there. Oh, John Copulus, yeah. He's yeah. an appraiser. Yeah, up um, in New York. Yeah, New York, is it? Yeah. Okay, he says, Woody, Jerry, and Candace, the buyers are there. The drops in interest rates will help tremendously. However, it's all about the sellers wrapping their heads around higher, lower interest rates and putting their homes on the market. Right. 100% right. Yeah. We're talking about the lock-in effect, the golden handcuffs, 80% of American homeowners, depending on the where you read, Redfin, I believe, had this stat, 80% of American homeowners have a rate of 4% or less right. on their primary residence. And as that number, that interest rate number gets into the sixes and maybe starts flirting with the high fives or mid fives somewhere in 2024, Someone like me is going to consider, hey, I sure. got a sub four. Let me, you know, try to capitalize on the equity we have, even though there's a point or a point and change of delta with the rate that we have on our current house and where we're going to go. I'm going to yeah. throw all that to you guys, Katie. Why don't you go first? Any anywhere you want to go on that topic matter. Yeah, I like. Um realistically what was going on before um you know people whenever the big hype and you know home prices were crazy and there were so many buyers and all this stuff was was really uh, very alarming and and um but uh people, startling it, yeah, yeah. It, it was uh not comfortable i'd say for anyone involved but um you know people now that have let's say three and a half or four percent or less um interest on their home they go okay well you know what prices aren't overly crazy we're not in bidding wars all the time Time that still does happen, um, um, but you know what? We can actually get something in. And you know what? I saw a rate sheet the other day. It was buying down some points, but every number was in the sixes. So there, um, you know, and like Coach B saying as well, you know, there are programs out there. And call your realtor, call your lenders, get get yeah. in there and have that communication because knowledge is power. And if if you know what it realistically is, then for you as an individual, because there are a lot of people who qualify for way more and a way better rate than what they can imagine, because all they're doing is looking at a general statistic over right. a median. And if they haven't become one of those median statistics and they're not accounted. So I have a lot of clients that are in the fives and sixes um, naturally with their qualifications or their price range. Um, yeah, so th there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of opportunity out there for people. And again, for buyers right now, I would suggest if you're ready, you're qualified, and you're, and you're um, looking to buy, now is a great opportunity to pounce on the things that come spring. Um, even like, you know, I like to go through in, in properties that are off the market now may still be available. Mm -hmm. um, have your realtor call and say, hey, we, we've been sitting on it, but we still keep thinking about that property, but now it's off the market. What's going on? You know, reach out and find out because the you know there still may be that opportunity for you to get in before the competition heats up. What do you think, Winnie? I mean, it's it's all seconds. Most consumers are um, 
they don't think about real estate usually the way that like Jerry, you're going to, because you know, you invest in real estate. I've been doing this for 25 years. I look at, you know, the time value of money is super important to me and what I do and with candy and what you guys do too. Um, but your normal consumer may not be looking at it that way. They kind of look at it from, okay, I really want this in a house and I can afford this much a month in my payment. That's really the, 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 um, the, mo- the majority of where they think of what they're going to be doing, as long as it fits their budget for their monthly, they're, they're, they're good with it. And so as we're having these, these small swings in interest rates, that very well could be, you know, for the people that are at 5% right now, getting a little bit higher interest rate to get them into something that they really want or to get into that school district they really want to get into, I can see it being a positive for, for the market overall. Um, you know, but then the, the rest of us that are all nerdy about it, we're looking at, well, you know, I'm going to spend this much over the next 20 years with this interest rate. You know, I'm, I think I'm just going to stay where I am. It just mm-hmm. depends on your comfort level and, and getting into it. So. What would it take you? Because you, if memory serves, you've got something in the twos. Yeah, high two. I'm right? 2.9. You said that on previous shows. Mm-hmm. What would it take an astute real estate? I mean, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. A sophisticated real estate expert, you to jump off a high two fixed mortgage rate on your house. I mean, your house, you are sitting on equity, right? significant equity, Yep. to put that in play. Uh, Mrs. Fincham would have to say that she wants to move somewhere. Um, okay. She's very comfortable at Lake Monticello right now. Um, I might, con- if Keith and Yona ever put their house up, I might, might consider buying that one. Okay. Yona, I'm, I'm on your team here. Uh, Keith's gonna kill me when he gets back. Uh, <laughs> But that's what Keith gets for sending me all these pictures of all the foodies eating. I see and- that. Yes. <laughs> right, right. It's 30 um, degrees here. And at 7 in the morning, Woody and I were on a text chain when people were in uh, beach shirts. What do you call them on the, uh, the island? The flower shirts at uh, Parisian French restaurants. Uh, but Keith, we hope you guys are... I, it looks like you're having a blast. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, Woody. Well-deserved vacation yeah, at that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, from if I was looking at it where we needed to move... Uh, or there was a utilitarian reason why we needed to move, um, I would be very reticent to jump in the market right now with where I am, even though I, we do have a decent equity position, meaning we'd have a good down payment on whatever we went into next. I'm very comfortable. I mean, when I look at what people are paying for a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath just in rent right now, mm-hmm. and look at what my mortgage payment is every month, I'm going, you know what? I don't know that I'll ever move. I'll never sell that piece of property, that's for sure. I mean, we may... Uh, we may end up running it and buying something else and cashing the equity out for a HELOC or something, but I'm, I don't think we'll ever get rid of that property. I mean, it's free money. It's, an, it's undoubtedly an asset. Do you want to touch yeah. on that question? Well, I think, it, you know, the, the biggest thing is whenever the hype was happening and prices were just escalating and, and so competitive, there was nowhere for people to go. So like you right. said, you know, if, if the floor plan and layout of your home and the function of your daily activity fit where you're residing, yeah, why else? You know, I mean, it would have to be something ridiculous to get you to move. Um, usually grandkids, I, I hear, is the biggest factor. Divorce is another factor. Yeah. Um, so growth of... Of lifestyle or, or shrinking of lifestyle, those are usually the motivating things. Job relocation, um, heavens forbid, some um, unexpected event occurs and you uh, physically need to have a different um, style of living arrangement. Um, so right now, in, in proceeding, when the rates are a little better, thankfully and hopefully, the prices will not escalate like they had been. They're really, um, you know, chart-wise, whenever we look 
at graphs in that if we didn't have this roller coaster going on, we're about where prices should be if it didn't do that and just kind of raise gradually, right? I don't yeah. know if your opinion Well, same. it's a perfect segue to what he does. I'll throw it mm-hmm. to you in very simplistic terms. If Green. rates drop this year, Buchensky does this for a living, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. straight up saying we're looking at mid-fives in 2024. Yeah. If we drop, I mean, we're talking a point and a half to two points from where we're at right now. And it puts a boatload of buyers in the market. Philip Dow's watching in Scottsville. He says, this is going to be even more of a seller's market if we go into the mid-fives. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. And if we get back into that, bon- that bonanza, that frenzy that we saw during the pandemic, are we going to see, like we saw in the third quarter in Almora County, year-over-year value appreciation of 11% plus going into next year? Are we going to see that kind of appreciation with homes? If we dropped the mid-fives, yeah, absolutely. We're you gonna, think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, we've got a lot of pent-up demand that's there. Because, I mean, your normal family or household is going to – they want to move every three or four years. That's usually the statistic. I mean, you, you know that better than I do. Well, they, um, yeah, yesterday it actually – Now yeah, it's up now, to 10. Now it's, it's a little – because um, yesterday well, they had mentioned though? it. Seven. It was seven. It was seven. Okay. Now so, it's at 10. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. a little So higher. we're coming up – we're a couple of years out, but I mean, people get that itch to move, and yeah. anybody who didn't move while the COVID market was going on, they're coming up on that itch to want to move. Like I married yeah. an Army brat, you know. When we first yeah. got together, it was like every three years. She's like, I want to move. Dude, if else. it wasn't for my um, wife, I would be moving every <laughs> two years. Uh, you stay for two years because of the capital gains exposure. Mm-hmm. That you see this with the builders around town. They build a home. They live in it for two years, yep. and they sell it. Yep. I would do the same I, damn I thing. I love my clients that have that same mindset. Didn't you grow? I don't, call me again. I know. <laughs> it hasn't been this two years yet. No. But didn't you? Aren't you from a similar background? Yeah. A well, builder I, daughter? Um, well, yeah, builder my, um, yeah, my uh, my former husband, Justin, his dad, Craig, Vanderland, gotcha, gotcha. and Pete, they owned um, Vanderland Homes, and Derek and... Um, and Bruce had, you know, the tile. And the, so it comes from a construction background, um, you know, for 20-plus years. Um, and knowing specifically Forest Lakes and the communities that were built in those, you know, late 90 period, early 2000s, I, I started touring around Charlottesville and learning to get to know the area and the construction and the development. Really, um, shout out to good friend Mark, um, Contour Construction. I mean, I think he's moved more dirt around this town than anybody. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of connection and, and my drive and background in my childhood was, was construction um, from the, the worker's perspective. You know, every one of my mom's nine siblings were a contractor. So I was spending my time, um, you know, free time on job sites, building walls, doing roofing, doing that was, plumbing. That's my childhood as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I totally got off of where we were right there. But, no, oh, the appreciation. My yeah. thing, you yeah. know what? I'm very, I am an optimistic. I love to see all of the horrendous things that can erupt and fall apart and go wrong so I can be prepared <laughs> for plan, you know, F or wherever we are down the line. But, um, you know, being optimistic and going, okay, here's our goal. Let's go for that. Let's aim for it. Um, Mr. Barber, my... Um, wonderful, wonderful teacher in elementary school. I adore him. He had a thing. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it. So let's hmm. aim for the best. Let's aim for the most opportunistic and optimistic outcome. And my thing is, you Love know that. what? People are pent down. up. Good. I can't repeat I'm it again. That. Go back if you on aim the... at nothing, you will hit it. I'm yes. putting that in my notes. It's, it's, it's similar to what, amazing. you know, having an English family background, um, you, uh, you hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Mm-hmm. That's just a more, you know, a more, uh, 
depressed way of saying it. What do you well, just say? Well, <laughs> I mean, along those lines too, you still plant the garden. Yeah. You don't know if there's going to be a drought. You don't know if there's going to be a flood. Sure. You still got to plant those seeds though and, and water it and care for it and nurture it and hope that you can then feed and, and grow and, and adapt to whatever is in the future, right? So you got to go for it. So my thing is, because of all this, we're back to 2019 times, 2017 times, you know, as far as um, a professional in this industry. And looking at, you know what, there's going to be more communication about options and opportunity with all of our colleagues mm-hmm. and affiliates. Um, there's more opportunity now for a realtor to um, show our worth and our care and our efforts and our expertise with this process to help our clients. And there are so many of my clients that wanted to move and list their home that would be a great listing for so many buyers that are out there looking. However, they had nowhere to go. And with the interest rates so low and the price is escalating so high, I'm very hopeful that, you know, if we can get in the the sixes in that and maybe the high fives, that's great opportunity for people. But realistically, we should not be in the threes. That's, it's unattainable and unsustainable. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Walt Davis Hall watching the program. He's a realtor uh, watching the show right now. Uh, Sarah Hubuchensky, welcome to the show. Uh, We'll get to your viewers and listener comments here in a matter of moments. Uh, New York. John from New York is giving you some props right now to Candace specifically. Ooh, nice. I, this, you're going to love this. She goes, Candy has an excellent aura in the comments <laughs> section right now. Uh, I concur. I'll take referrals, she's, please. She's <laughs> trying to close some I'm like deals. Frank Balif here. Oh, my gosh. I, I this is horrible. This. <laughs> um, Lane, uh, is it Duplichin? Duplichin, uh, yeah. Duplichin, wa- wa- uh, watching the show here. Four states on the feed and a handful of firms in Central Virginia watching Real Talk right now on this show. Um, we want to get back to the price appreciation. If Buchensky's right and we're in the fives, you're straight up calling double digit appreciation 2023, 2024 over 2023. So this is compounded on the double digit appreciation. It's most likely going to happen. We yeah. saw in 2023 versus 2022. Yeah. Compound double digit appreciation. Well, we have very finite inventory on the market. So small amount of supply, a lot of demand. You, 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 you put the purchasing power back out there to the consumer, you know, you're dropping them, you know, one and a half percent, whatever it's going to be at. If you get into the mid fives, low fives, it's going to be another shot of steroids to buyers and it'll get super competitive again. Diligence will probably go back out the window. Good you night. Know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would see on social media where listing agents were literally taking a cell phone and doing a live feed, walking through the house. And there was a dozen offers. And Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they couldn't, they, you couldn't bring the consumer into the property. I mean, they would do, like here in Charlottesville, they would do what they would call a, a, a pre-listing uh, mm-hmm. or a broker pre-listing showing. where they would It was let, a coming soon. Yeah, and they would, you know, they would just, it would just be brokers and agents going through the property with their phones. And, you know, they would have multiple offers all over what they were going to list it at. And it's super competitive. I don't know that we'll get back to that crazy of a market. Hopefully not. Uh, I hope not because it's not. It's really not in the consumer's uh, favor to do that. Um, but I do think that mid fives we're definitely going to be looking at a market on steroids. And that would be healthy enough, though, if people are motivated. Because mm-hmm. going from somebody sitting there with a the home that they don't really have to leave, it fits their lifestyle, it fits their needs. It's in a location that's great. They have no need to move. But they're like, you know what? I've been wanting to move for like five years, and now's the time. You know, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that that's going to be more of the mind mindset because if they're at a two five a three going to something different 
that is now a 5-5. Five five. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as going to 8. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I do want to mention, too, though, you know, just for our, con- our, con- our um our, our public and everything like that. So the coming soon process, there is no showing allowed for the ah. general public in that. So when when you call your realtor and go, yeah, but I see the coming soon sign in the yard, right. there are very legal specifications as to the brokerage. Now, there could be a 1,000 people in your well, – there aren't a 1,000. There could be a 100 people in the brokerage or there could be 10 people in the brokerage, and that information may be um, acceptable. The there are laws, it. though, appropriate. Right? Too. The brokerage can see it. Am I, am I wrong on that? Uh, I want to say yes. Okay. Um, who knows what may be I coming around the corner. They were calling it a broker preview that's, is what they yeah. were calling it. Yeah. yeah. And I think as long as it's not a cons- it's not being pre-shown to consumers. Consumers, right. right. Uh, but, it, you the know, caveat. the thing, too, though, in, and I take advantage of this, of course, sometimes, you know, coming soon is not always in my favor, but doing the, you know, I can see what you're saying, too, you know, doing the video. Facebook this Live. This property's coming soon, yeah. and then you get offers with a sight unseen yeah. contingency. Yep. You know, so that was definitely happening, and, and hopefully that will not. Or it could be again. like you know, ninety percent of the real estate that transfers in Farmington. You know, those folks. Yes. Yeah. They They've never. It never hits it. the market. It's just like, hey, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to move. They call one of the brokers that works out there normally, and before you know it, every broker that works out there knows about it, and you know, you've got a you've got a, uh, a transaction. A transaction mm-hmm. has happened, and, and it's closed. <laughs> this is a great yeah. question from John, uh, who's in the game in uh, in New York. The owners, is it copy? and associates yeah yeah um, he says the refi market should also explode for appraisers and loan reps when do the folks who locked in seven percent plus start thinking refi and i could just see john and he didn't post this in the comment section but i could just see him in upstate new york going like this with his hands because he knows the refi business is going to take off if you see a two-point swing in yeah. rates People are going to jump off 7-5 plus and try to get in the 5-5 game, which means business for you guys, business for the Buchenskis of the world. That's a great topic we should talk about. Yeah, and it's a, it's a welcome thing for a lot of appraisal firms across the country. I have a lot of colleagues right now that do almost exclusively lending work. And, you know, it's never a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket. Because the refi market has been it's ice done. cold. Yeah, I mean, ice we, cold. we're still doing some, but it's usually going to be strategic things like, you know, someone's get, kids getting ready to go to college or they need to do a remodel or something's happened in their life where they need to. It's cheaper for them to do that than to put it on their, you know, their credit card or whatever. Um, so they take advantage of it that way. But refis, other Otherwise, are done. I mean, I mean, three years ago, we were. I would do a refi in January for a lender. The same lender would call me back eight months later. The, you know, the market's gone up almost double digits at that point for that property, and they're cashing out more money at that point. And you know, you go back to the house, and there's a new Corvette sitting in the driveway, or an RV, or something like that. Which you know, you shouldn't use your equity for toys, but um, but it does happen. Especially depreciating assets, that when you drive them off the lots, yeah. drop 40% in value. But yeah, yeah. It's I, just I, my personal opinion. I mean, I, I'm not kidding you, Jerry. We would do some, um, sometimes we would, over two or three year period, we might do the same house three or four times for a refi. And uh, it's just like, wow, you know, I mean, it's none of my business what they're doing. It's, no. it's they're, they're, At that point, the house becomes underwater, doesn't it? Uh, it could, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, a lot of that was going on pre-2008, and yeah. you mm-hmm. look at where we ended up. Right. Well, I'm I'm really curious, and I don't know this answer. I'm putting it out there. Hopefully, one of the viewers will write in, or Woody, you can speak on behalf. Um, you know, price for materials. You know, Blue Ridge Home Builders uh, Association, mm-hmm. and in looking at, um, I'm I'm curious if pre-spring market, if people are going to be putting in the effort and and updates 
to then sell their homes at uh, this, uh, you know, desirable price, or if they're going to, um, you know, continue to just try to market their homes with the deferred maintenance that they're currently living I with. I think it's going to, you know, you guys are the experts. I think it's going to be market and try to sell their homes with deferred maintenance to try to capitalize on a deeper buyer pool that's interested in lower rates and is willing to overlook warts on homes just because they're yeah. itching to get a house. That's I, I'm seeing that all the time still. Inherently, yeah. we're lazy. Well, no, I mean, look at it. It's a leverage position. I mean, if you're a, seller, okay. you're, in a, you're a seller in a market with no inventory, I mean, why would you spend a lot of extra money that you're not going to recuperate? It's not going to make you sell it for any more unless you're in a situation where there is a little bit of inventory in that particular subdivision or market mm-hmm. or the level of deferred maintenance is at a level that, you know, someone's going to have to drop, you know, 5% of the, the, the value of the home uh, into it to, to make it habitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got several right now that we've, we've just looked at for sales transactions and every one of them, for the most part, they need new carpet. They need mm-hmm. you know no no paint and mm-hmm. you know a decade inside, and it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, then they're paying premium prices for it. So well, I see you know a lot again. You know, working with the, the different buyers in in the surrounding counties, it really does tend to be. Um, what I see, uh, maybe because that's more of my focus, is you know if the bones are solid. Again, looking at Forest Lakes, looking at Spring Creek, looking at these different communities we have, um, in, instead of just a single family home on a on a random road type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have so many communities and so many different price points that were built realistically from the 70s to you know early 2000s or mm-hmm. so in that range. Um, things like you know if there's Quest plumbing. If the roof hasn't been replaced, if there's dead trees all around um, that are potential hazards, the driveway or or access isn't acceptable. Or the HVAC's 20 years old. Yeah, foundation is parging or or, um, bulging, you know. know, So things like that, I see that buyers are far less willing to accept than, you know, carpet, well, we're going to put in the the contiguous flooring anyway. Um, We'll get this great rate with First Heritage Mortgage and, you know, put in the carpet afterwards because we didn't have to put in so much of our down payment. Um, So I think there are going to be some different opportunities for people to look at, you know, as long as the function, safety, um, structural, Mm -hmm. the integrity of the home is solid and and up up to par, you know, Pearl's come in and done their thing and you've got this well-insulated or or well-maintained property on those big-ticket items, then going in the cosmetic stuff, it really isn't that challenging. Um, I'm seeing a lot of buyers, though, that are still like, well, yeah, we'll keep looking. So maybe when the prices come down, those opportunities will be more um, more motivated to jump on. Walt Davis <laughs> Hall is looking to sell his dad's house right now in the comments section. He's got uh, his dad's home listed in the comments section of my personal page, he unfortunately passed away. Our thoughts and, uh, and, and sympathy and empathy to your family, Walt. He said, I'm selling my dad's house. Here's the link. It needs some TLC, but we're motivated sellers. 462 Horseshoe Mountain Road in Roseland, Virginia with a 497 asking price. I like it. I like the, uh, the, uh, the new age version of moving and shaking over here by the folks watching and watching our program. Uh, this is a fantastic question. It's right down the street in North downtown. One of our favorite viewers and listeners, Grayson says, so do the, does the panel think it's going to be at the same frenzy we saw during COVID? I understand that it may not because the rates are not sub four. They're talking five or a little higher in 2024. But to the point Jerry's made in previous shows, 
the population is increasing and we keep getting these national awards that are driving more people that are new to the area with a lot of money to the area. That's a great comment. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, um, using, you know, going back to Einstein, you know, everything's relative, right? So the lower the rate goes, the more intense the buying power is going to be for the consumer base. And I think that'll be the, the lower that rate goes will work in conjunction with how fervored the market's going to get. Um, so if it drops below five and a half, I think it'll get crazy. If yeah. it's between five and a half and six, it'll be less crazy. Below five and a half yeah. to the crazy that we saw in 2022? <clears throat> Maybe, because we don't, the one thing that we can't metric, and Candy and, and, and real estate agents and brokers can speak to this more than I do, because they're, they're consumer forward where we're not as an appraiser, but there is pent up demand out there. Mm-hmm. But what level of pent up demand it really is there? Um, and if there's a tremendous amount of it, if you go down a point and a half, close to two points, I think it's steroids again. And, and, and why, I'll echo that, why, I, what I think will also happen, then I'll get out of the way, and Candace and, and Woody, you jump back in. If it goes, look at what the national media did. The ma- national media dampened the real estate market by their, um, what's the word I'm looking for when you go over the top, hyperbole, like uh, yeah, hyperbolic, a hyperbolic yeah. coverage yeah. of what Powell was doing. They kept the rate increases and the quick nature of the rate increases in the national news cycle yeah. for so long that it spooked the market. Granted, that's mm-hmm. what Powell wanted to happen, the market to get spooked. Then the, the, uh, the national media really took it to a different level. If rates drop a point and a half to two points, the national media will do the same type of coverage, yep. and they're going to throw kindling on the fire. Yep. Irresponsible journalism that's is, what it is. Is, yeah. is a horrible thing. Um, because here's the thing with our society now, we are 24 hours or less for our media cycles. So anything that happens, you know, whether, you know, we're talking about Ukraine or Israel, or we're talking about the market, the rates and all that, everybody becomes an expert like that. And that, and most folks aren't an expert on these types of things, but because the media is feeding them, they think that they, they have somewhat they've got a basis to make these types of decisions. Credentials, and, yeah. PhDs, yeah. yeah, for sure. And uh, that's I mean you know going back to Keith's old <laughs> thing of trusted professionals, find people that you can trust that you can work with and and, and listen to what they're doing. Real estate's extremely local; it's hyper local, mm-hmm. and what's going on in Charlottesville doesn't reflect what's going on on the national news. Those are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it, I. I Imagine it, you know, with what had happened and why it got so crazy is because we knew it was going there. Lawrence Yoon visits, you know, occasionally um, is amazing, a chief economist for for our national association. Um, But he, uh, you know, realistically, we did this. We got to a point and then we skyrocketed to the next step. And then we skyrocketed to the next step. The perfect storm. yeah, Yeah, it just, and then, you know, well, coming down in rates, it just skyrocketed down and going up in rates, it jumped up really high instead of a, a gradual you know you don't teach a baby how to climb a stair that's twice its height you teach it on a smaller level so hopefully we will gradually reduce um, the best thing about this what I can see though is all this new construction we have around the area and our surrounding counties like Woody said this is a very local individualized mm-hmm. market compared to nationally compared to even lo- uh, statewide right we're very different than Hampton Roads we're very different sure. than Northern Virginia than Richmond than Chesterfield than uh, western um, parts of Virginia um, so looking locally we have 
amazing opportunities from um, Fishersville and Waynesboro and that mm -hmm. area for people to look at buying reasonably priced homes at these great interest rates or maybe moving from the city because it's too much and you don't go downtown like you used to or you don't do that your kids aren't in school anymore so you can move to a subdivision or a community that's more your pace at this stage of life mm. um, into one of our surrounding areas so Louisa where Spring Creek is um, Zion's Crossroads I one of my my um, wonderful, wonderful clients, he, he's an amazing person and salesperson, but um, he was saying, you know, Columbia, for example, was the on the docket to be the capital and Richmond won over. But, I mean, this is a place that's just, you know, 10 minutes from Zion's Crossroads. Yeah. Um, you know, the river, the amenities we have naturally occurring in this area, the mountains and the attraction, you can really diversify and expand your horizon. So I think with all the abundant new construction that uh, and, and what I look at it as, you know, when, when weather is not permitting certain things to chemically harden and seal and dry, you can't do those things. Mother Nature is going to rule over that option. <laughs> so whenever people can't put a road, they can't do a sidewalk, they, you know, certain things can't be done with new construction. Well, when it finishes, it's been 18 months people have been waiting in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, now they're going to list their home within two or three months before they move. Well, they know when they have to leave. They have a motivated time frame. They have a specific um, goal attached with their movement. And with new construction in abundance in all of our surrounding areas, I mean, shoot, Stannardsville is so beautiful with the mountains and everything, and there's some great properties. A lot of people go, you know what? I want to move out to the country, and I want to do this and that. So I think that as the hype happens, hopefully we'll, like, you know, baby crawl down the stairs versus, you know, kicking them off the edge. <laughs> um, you know, we get back to a price that's appropriate for people to make the movement confidently and also new construction in the surrounding areas, growth in, edu in, in um, you know, value for school systems, value for roadways and, and um, shopping centers. You know, when a Starbucks comes in, you know you're doing something right. Um, you know, growing the, the like, after school and the fun time and the, the attractions for people to want to live in the community, that's where our municipalities and our tax dollars really go to work, having great parks and recreation and, and getting people to see, you know what, it's a 27-minute drive, but there's three different ways I could get there. And I'm going to enjoy my time. I had one client, it was funny, he goes, you know, I miss out on my podcasts. Like, I don't have a drive to work anymore because I work right there, so I need to listen to podcasts more. I'm going to move across the valley so I have time to do that. God, I burn out my podcast. I do about 80,000 <laughs> miles a year in my, in my Subaru. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, and if you're uh, looking for podcast suggestions, Real Talk with Keith Smith for the I Love Subaru <laughs> show. Just nice to segue. name a couple. Mozzie Vogler watching the program. Closings are happening every single day. There are always people looking to buy and sell yep. in 2024. Let's effing go, she says, with yes. the exclamation point. That's Real Estate three's finest. Mozzie Vogler watching the show. Philip Dow um, says folks need to prepare for anything in the coming year because anything could happen. That's a strong comment right there. This comment's coming in from Jennifer, who's watching in Crozet, and she says, Crozet is absolutely red hot. We routinely get folks knocking on our door yeah. looking to buy mm -hmm. our house, and we haven't even put the word out there that we're trying to sell our house. Nikki Clark, welcome to the program. Lane Duppelchin. Dublichin, yeah. Dublichin, yeah. Hello, thank you kindly for watching. Six firms on the broadcast as we speak. About six minutes left on the talk show here. Um, Woody Fincham, I'll throw the first quarter predictions to you, 
as we, I mean, let's cut to the chase here. It's December 8th. Yeah. The likelihood of something closing in 2023 is getting pretty slim unless it's a quick close in all cash. Yeah, it's going to be an anomaly. It's, it it yeah. was already in the pipeline to close, and right. most folks don't want to close right around the, you know, the, the holidays. Yeah, yeah. so we're looking so. at deals that are now materializing in 2024 when it comes to the data that you and I like to study, like Candace likes to study. Yeah. So first quarter predictions and then 20, uh, second quarter predictions for the viewers and listeners. If the rates continue doing what they're doing, um, we're going to start seeing even more demand. Uh, I mean, as, especially particularly as we get into March and then into um, late February, March, and then early April. I mean, that's traditionally when the market naturally starts to, to really heighten as far as volume goes. Um, and it's also, it works out for families, households that have kids. You know, they want to move their kids. They, w- they want to do it during the school year. So you get another contract in April, you close it in June after school's out, and then you move. Um, so I, I think we're going to continue. If everything remains status quo the way it is right now, with no major economic issues, no major international things uh, stepping in and causing a panic, uh, we're going to continue to hum along really well. I mean, Charlottesville is a wonderful place to live. I mean, I've, I love it here. I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Hampton Roads, but unless something changes here, I will never go back. I, I mean, I love it here. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of insulation. Um, Candace, yeah. show is yours. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, that's, you know, why I love it here as well. Um, the beauty, the serenity, the amenities, um, the amount of a- attractive... Um, you know, places to go with with your your loved ones or, or by yourself with your your favorite furry friend. Um, you know, we we offer so much here, so it's no wonder that everybody is attracted to it and wanting to come. Um, I'd say, you know, looking at it, I would suggest, you know, realistically looking at 2024, if you're in a position where you want to buy or sell or do both, sometimes you got to sell to buy, um, you know, really be honest with yourself, be honest with your realtor, be communicative, and make sure you tell your realtor to be honest with you. Because sometimes people want to be nice or this and that, but you know what? Having, having the, as Pat Burns would say, the truth is never inappropriate. And being realistic about the expectations and the goals. Yeah, it was ugh, always good. She's full of Maybe uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I'm full of it all the no, time. No, that one's good. The truth is never Yeah, Pat I'm Burns. I'm that one yeah. down too. Um, the truth is never inappropriate. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, just be realistic about where you want to be and what your goals are and why those are your goals. The why, Simon Sinek, Elizabeth Mendenhall, thank you so much for all of your words of motivation and encouragement. Um, but, you know, why are you doing these things? And, and consider that when you're looking at, you know, a slight difference in, in um, location, price, concessions, yeah. condition, um, and making sure that things tangibly work out and will appraise and, and that your lender and you are um, confident and comfortable. One of those things, too, I always tell my people, the, the individuals getting acquiring the loan um, or the financing option have to also meet the property that you're looking at. So a property with one percent, um, no PMI, one um, percent down, no PMI, um, attractive as can be, under 350. Well, let's make sure you you know that um, it doesn't have restrictions on size of lot mm. or condition of of uh, number of structures or you know different things like that, land use and zoning. So make sure that with all of these things, there are little asterisks. So make sure that you talk to your professionals, um, ask questions, 
be knowledgeable, get that power, and yeah, let's rock and roll. I won't say what the quote was. This is a fantastic show. Time flies when you're having fun. The hardest question I'm going to ask you both right now, what are your weekend plans? My wife and I are going to go up to Linden, uh, uh, the vineyard at Linden, uh, Jim Law, who if anybody knows anything about Virginia wine, Jim is the godfather of Virginia uh, uh, wine. And uh, they're doing their uh, their yearly release. We're part of their club there, so we're going to go up and spend Sunday there. And uh, otherwise, tomorrow I'm doing a lot of paperwork. <laughs> Candice, your weekend plans? I'm sure you got a lot going on. Oh, always, always. Well, my um, thankfully I have the opportunity to. Um, my daughter is very, very engaged in all animals. She wants to work at the pet hotel, as she says. Was that the, the one that was with you yesterday? Yeah. Oh, she's a yeah. She's, she, I, as I said, you know, she's been working with me for six and a half years now because that's her age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, um, we, Christine with uh, Double C Ranch at Yule Farm, um, her horses are the most unbelievable. You have, you know, 10 screaming kids petting this foal and the thing is just loving it up. Um, so I get to go out and, and help with the horses and, and see my daughter and, and do some riding and that. So appreciate that opportunity to do that. And then I'm not going to say what I'm doing, but I am um, having Santa's elves helping me this weekend, Ooh. preparing for some things that will be finalized uh, Christmas Eve, likely. Thank goodness Santa and Mrs. Claus that uh, uses uh, Amazon. So. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> fantastic. They have fantastic... We need a gift-wrapping party. <laughs> ...plans for the weekend. Um, the show was fun. I had a blast. Did you guys have fun? It was oh, fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Candace, you are tailor-made for this talk show. Woody Fincham, the professor, tailor-made for this talk show. Judah Wickhauer keeps us on air. The show is archived at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. Keith is back, um, I believe, a week from Monday. He's in St. Martin uh, with his family. This is a talk show where we did exactly what we wanted to do. We adapted to your comments and your questions from five states, viewers and listeners, offering perspective here. John, I really want to highlight you in New York for doing a great job of shaping the show. And same with you, Mike Buchensky of First Heritage Mortgage. The I Love Seville show is up in one hour. Thank you kindly for joining us on Real Talk. So long, everybody. That was excellent. <laughs> and he's going to tell us when the mics and